We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Light Ears podcast. Do you know there are people who said Steph Curry had to prove himself before the season started, Andy Lou? Did you hear about that? I mean, you know what my favorite thing about Steph Curry is? He hears all the noise and he just smiles. And it's like that uh it's like that meme where the guy's smiling, but he has rage behind his eyes. Yes. That is my God, best player on earth. Steph is so He's not yelling at anyone. He's not taunt. Uh, he's not making fun of any. Like he doesn't say anything pregame that's vicious. He doesn't really trash talk off the court. He doesn't do anything that makes it seem like he's a villain or he's a bad person. And I think that's what makes him even more hated. People are jealous of him even more, right? More envy of the guy that is so successful and makes the game look so easy. Sam, tonight when he's bombing three after three after three after three in the fourth quarter, it just looks so easy for him, for him, for this guy who's the only player in basketball history that can do this, right? Who who in the world, in any time in basketball can do what he did tonight? It's, it's ridiculous. So we are recording this after the Philadelphia 76ers game. Subscribe, <laughs> rate five stars. Uh, for those of you who tried to join us on the locker room app, we had technical difficulties. Um, hopefully that'll get sorted. We will have an alternative version to go live after the game on Wednesday, whether it's locker room, 
whether it's YouTube live, we will let you guys know a way in which we'll do it. Very disappointed because we had 300 plus people in the room who wanted to come on. We enjoy having you guys on the show. Uh, we will figure something out. Uh, but you know, in, in the spirit of getting a podcast up in the morning, we have to do it this way. So I just want to get that out there. I probably should have led with that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Steph Curry has now scored 440 points over the last 11 games, 11 games being when he returned from the tailbone contusion, as we like to call this is butt pad Steph, averaging 40 points a game, averaging 7.7 or 7.8 threes a game. Now the longest streak of 30 plus points per game of anyone his age broke Kobe Bryant's record, broke Will Chamberlain, I mean, and he doesn't look like he's stopping anytime soon. No, no. Somebody said he's 33 years old. I swear he looks like he's 23. Where, where does this 33 come from? Did they make that up? I think they're lying on the birth certificates. You know how people say that they're maybe they're older than they are or whatever it is or, or whatever. I, no way he's 33. The guy is playing like he just got into the league. Just a little more muscular. You know, he got fresh legs. The ankle looks like it's perfectly fine. He hasn't, he hasn't landed and, you know, kind of winced, you know, like he did a few weeks ago when he got hurt, right? When the tailbone was, was really hurt then. Looks incredible out there. The final move that he put on George Hill, I honestly, I felt bad. I felt bad for George Hill because he saw him on an island and I think Steph said, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa. All right, there's no double. You know, there's no two guys hacking me anymore. Now I can actually do, you know, what, what makes me unstoppable. And he puts like a little move on him, gives, gives him a little MJ push off and just steps back and just... Kansas three, it's it's unreal right now. It's unreal. I, I just don't even know. I mean, there were so many good things that the Warriors did in this Philadelphia game. We'll talk about a few of them later. Like this is probably Looney's best game outside of the playoff series versus the Rockets. Really, like um, I thought Draymond played a pretty solid game. I thought there was so many good. Th- they didn't foul. I mean, there were yeah, so many good yeah. things they did today. But like it almost feels wrong for us not to focus on Steph Curry, who in my opinion is putting together one of the most special runs of basketball I've seen in my entire life watching basketball I'm in mid thirties right now. I mean, this is like 2006 Kobe, but on steroids um, because he's doing it more efficiently. He's doing it for deeper. Obviously basketball is a different sport now than it was 15 years ago in 2006, but it's like, that level of run where I don't know that there's anything else in the NBA that's more interesting than watching what Steph Curry does with this cast of misfits. Like this has been a weird season. Some of it's, I mean, like, okay. Like LeBron rolls his ankle and like some of it is like no one's fault, right? Like KD being constantly hurts, no one's fault. But like, even if those guys were healthy, is there anything that's better than watching Steph Curry in a groove like this? Thank you. Thank you. If Kevin Durant is healthy, James Harden is healthy, LeBron's healthy, Anthony Davis is healthy, Giannis is healthy. By the way, that's a lot of injuries for star players. It really sucks for the NBA right now. Throw them all on the floor right now. Say they're all playing 35 minutes a game every single night. They do not come close to, to Steph Curry and what he looks like tonight in this entire season. And, and that's, that's the incredible part of this. I, I did a little Bill Simmons earlier. I'm going to do it again. If you dropped a ran, if you dropped an alien from from Neptune <laughs> tonight, Sam, and you you tell him to watch or her to watch this game, right? And you tell him to watch this game, and you ask that person 
for some reason, if they have watched basketball forever in the basketball existence forever, and you ask him or her, is this the most entertaining player of all time? I think it's not even close. It's not even close. Not even just today. Kobe, MJ, I guess MJ when he was winning, but like, it's not close. Like this guy, look, he might not be unbeatable. He might not be, he can't do a 360 dunk. I don't think he can even do a 180 dunk, but when you watch him play basketball, there's nobody close to him. I don't think so. I don't think anybody's close in the history of hoops. He is now leading the league in scoring for whatever that's worth. I don't need Steph to get a <laughs> scoring title. No, he's the best scorer in the league. Um, on some level, it's hard to talk about it from a superlative fashion. Like I was noticing over the last few days, people who are hypercritical of Steph are now showering him with praise. And I don't want those people. I don't want those people who spent five years putting qualifiers on a success. It's the system. Oh, he plays with Kevin Durant. Oh, Steve Kerr's an excellent coach. Oh, he doesn't create his own shot. Oh, he, you can't put him in a one, four flat. I don't, it doesn't, none of it matters. The point is he is that dude. He is that special. And you know, I guess power to you for coming around, but like, do we really want them around here? Because we've been watching this for years and we've been listening to the unfair criticism for years. I don't know if I want them around. Steph Curry today is as good as he was 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. He just didn't need to do the stuff that he does now to win basketball games. The objective of basketball is to win games. And Steph does whatever is needed, right, to do that. And, and on top of that, he does whatever is needed to make the people around him happy. And he did that for KD. He did that for Kerr. He did that for Draymond. Everyone, right? Clay doesn't care. And I think now that he's kind of, I think, Sam, pushed to a point this season where he's going, I don't need to take a backseat to Kelly Oubre anymore, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Draymond Green, yeah, he any really, of these guys, he really, Wiseman. Tr- he really did try to get them all going. He, he tried, and, you know, there is no – I wouldn't have if I were – I'm he's a better man than me. If I saw a 19-year-old, I would have said, get this dude off my team. Like, I'm the MVP, right? No no disrespect to Wiseman. Same thing for Anthony Edwards or LaMelo. I would have been, get these dudes off my team. This is my team. I'm going to do whatever I want. But Steph Curry, being the good person, teammate, player that he is, did everything he could, right, to make those guys feel comfortable. But it didn't work. It's not his fault. So now he has to do this. He's always been this great. Yeah. And it's, it, I don't want to lose sight of this because at some point, Steph will retire. And, <laughs> oh, come on. Don't and say I that. don't like it's, I mean, he's <laughs> magic. He's the NBA. Let's be honest. We talked about it with Ethan on the last podcast. It's been kind of a subpar product in the regular season for years now. For years. And Steph Curry this year, best show in probably pro sports. I can't, I can't think of a better show. Like I love watching Fernando Tatis play baseball. I love watching Patrick Mahomes play football. I'm just trying to pick like two guys off the top of my head who I Tatis think are, is a good pick. who are, you know, like kind of must see TV. Neither of them compare to Steph Curry. Neither of them will have the relevance. Like there's no one in basketball, football, or baseball, or any of these sports who have the culture just have the relevance of what Steph is doing and kind of the ability to permeate joy and make people who don't care about your sport want to watch it. I think you made a better point of what I was trying to say with the alien is that you just put a random person and that person's going to love watching Steph Curry. 
and is just going to say this this is this is the pinnacle of, of hoops whether he's the best player of all time or not <laughs> it doesn't matter the guy is just i, I was talking to uh I was talking to uh, my girlfriend uh, texted me and said she she only watched the Warriors and she said, how come Steph isn't the MVP? And I said, well, you know, Nikola Jokic is having a pretty awesome season. Like he's probably the front runner. (laughs) And she's like, I don't give a fuck. Nikola Jokic is not fun to watch. Like, I don't, like Nikola Jokic is not fun. To, Steph to, should be the MVP. To be, to be fair, I, I'm going to disagree. Jokic is pretty I disagree. fun. I but, disagree. Right? But uh, Jokic isn't as fun as Steph. Um, exactly. Before we get to, we got a bunch of questions. We appreciate every one of you who sent in questions in real time as we're recording this because the locker room didn't work for us. I want to, um, before we get to it, I want to talk about our guy, Moses Maloon, Kevin, Kayvon Looney. 15 rebounds. I'm just going to put it this way. Andy, if I said Looney is going to have his best game of the season against Joel Embiid, give me like one to 10, how much you would have trolled me for that take. Oh, no, I would have. I mean, you would have been the Tommy Gunn, maybe, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> of this podcast. I mean, just the, I would have said, well, where do you get a new hip? You know, it, like that guy looks like he's 35 years old, plays like he's 35 years old. I always compare Kevon Looney playing basketball to me playing basketball. Not tonight. Kevon Looney played like an all-star tonight. He played like at, he, at one point he got so above the rim whoo. and I was just like, I hope he doesn't get hurt. You know, that's like, that's, I was, I was just so shocked by how well he played. And um, I mean, he's incredible. He's always been kind of the solid player who's underrated to non-Warrior fans. But tonight, I mean, 15 rebounds. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought Embiid was going to go for 50 on them uh, yeah. pregame. Yeah. yeah, right? There was, and, and he, I think Looney did a great job of pushing Embiid out of the position that he likes. And, and Embiid making a, him uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, Embiid likes to be outside a little bit. You watch Joel Embiid a lot, especially in the postseason. He likes being at the three-point line because he's used to blowing by people. But tonight, when he's out at the three-point line and free-throw line, Looney's quick enough, and he was strong enough tonight to to go back up against Embiid and either force him into a shot or knock the ball away. I thought it was incredible. It it, it looked like Anthony Davis out there. I thought we had a I thought we had AD on our team. It was incredible. I thought he was phenomenal. Um... You can you can figure out why why he is so loved by the coaching staff. Like he's always been a cerebral player, but like uh, tonight, you know, you kind of got Max Loon Dog. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, you know, you got that. You got the Max Loon Dog there. Let's talk about Draymond and let's get to some of these listener questions we got. Yep, Draymond eight points. As we know, Draymond scoring eight points is more impactful than Wilt Chamberlain getting fifty. Uh, when he scores eight, they win. It was truly, I, I, you tweeted that, you tweeted that this morning and you know, you always get some curse slurpers in the, in the mentions talking about why are you, why are you hating on Draymond? He's a hall of fame, hall of famer. And we've been saying this all season, Sam, we're not asking for much. Just go, just go make a couple shots, you know, two free throws, a couple layups, a, a jump shot here or there. It's not much, right? That's what he did tonight. Those two mid-range jump shots in the fourth quarter, incredible. <laughs> like, it, it kind of kept the Warriors afloat for Steph to take over in the end of the game, right? Like, it, they needed all eight of those. Just because they won by 10 doesn't mean they didn't, need it. they didn't need those points. They needed every single one of them. Yeah, and I, for me, it's like, I mean, eight's an arbitrary number. Let's, let's be real about it. Like, there's nothing special about eight points. Um, it's the fact that he took that eight-foot mid-range shot 
when the defense was giving it to him. It's the fact that he, he took like some games, the defense is going to give him shots where he has to score like 15 or 16 points. Some games it's just seven or eight points, but I think with Draymond, his stat line pretty much looks the same every game. It's really like an eye test thing. Is he taking it? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed advantage what the defense is giving him or is he doing that thing where he's like looking to pass and not looking to shoot at all I, I honestly I think he was part of both tonight but when when it, it the first mid-range shot that he hit it was like one second left on the shot clock earlier in the game he didn't shoot a floater with one second left and there was a shot clock violation this time he shot it made it and I think it was enough confidence to shoot the second one like I think a lot of time with it it's just confidence for Draymond which is huge because he talks so much about being confident. And then he goes out there and he has zero confidence shooting the ball, which is insane. So um, huge tonight. I think he just, how Sam, can he just keep doing it? Right. Just keep shooting those shots. I don't know, but tonight he did. And they won simple as that. That's all that matters. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded the best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line so if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes it's perfectly okay but if it's bothering you there are options go to roman.com slash light years now with roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed all from the comfort and privacy of your home a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash lightyears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Okay. Um, we're going to get to some listener questions now. All right. From Ricky Garcia uh, at RickyG157. Is this Curry stretch good enough to convince free agents with the Warriors or is a relatively deep playoff run necessary to do that? 
And what does Steph need to do to get foul calls? This game really exhibited how he's not getting calls. Let's focus on the first half. Um, a big reason I feel like you and I were annoyed with the Warriors not taking this game seriously is or taking the season seriously in the beginning part of the season with not chasing wins and all that stuff is like, I think that stuff matters in the long term, right? I think it matters in terms of free agency. So, Andy, let me ask you this. Do you think this stretch, this stretch of Steph Curry is going to make the next disgruntled star, you know, maybe the Bradley Beal, maybe the path, you know, maybe the Carl Anthony Towns, the guys who are in kind of dead-end situations, want to come to the Warriors? 1,000%. If I were Carl Anthony Towns and I looked at this team and I said, you don't have a big man, you don't have a star next to you, Clay, after what we see with Kevin Durant, may not even play next season, right? If I were that player, and I would certainly say... Certainly not as the, the star we knew Clay to be. Certainly not, right? And I would say... Get me on that team. That's a superstar. I'm a superstar, maybe. I'm good enough to help them get past the hump, right? Because the Warriors are probably going to make the play-in. Maybe they win the play-in game. Maybe they even win a first-round series. Who knows? But they're not getting probably any further than that, right? So I want to be that guy. And if I were Bradley Buell or Anthony Towns or mm, Joel Embiid or Giannis, whatever, Pascal Siakam, I don't know why I threw him in there. I would say I would think that a hundred percent, and I would and I would think that he is good enough to take me to the championship as well. I, I would I would think yes. I agree with you. Um, I don't know that it matters what they do in the playoffs. I think Steph has sufficiently proven his point that he is an assassin. He is one of the three or four best players in the league. And if you liken yourself as being an All Star caliber player, you got to like your chances. If it's you and Steph that you're right there with the Lakers, you're right there with the Nets, you have a you have a real shot because as we know no one's winning a title with just one superstar. I mean, the Warriors did in 2015, which is more than you can say for, you know, LeBron's teams. But um so in gen- in general, you have you have to have two high-level stars to get it done, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um Steph and KD. I mean, Steph and KD together like unbeatable. Um, you know, maybe KD and Harden this year and, and Kyrie, like that looks like he could be a monster if they stay healthy. Right. Um, we can keep going on the list. Like you need someone next to staff and it's like, everyone loves to do the Batman or Robin thing and like worry about pecking order and like all this stuff that doesn't matter. Ultimately you need someone who makes a difference next to staff because what he's doing right now with no one who makes a difference next to him just lets you know what happens if you put one other player. Kobe and how Gasol. Yeah, and you have a front office who can figure out role players around those guys. I mean, they figured out JTA. He's pretty damn good, right? They can get those fringe players, and JTA I mean, looks like... In many ways, Draymond's like the best role player in the league, right? Like, that's kind of the thing with him, right? Like, he's um, he's difficult to... Because he's not a star, because he's not creating his own shot, but he also is, like, super impactful. Like, all of a sudden, you get someone... You, you have, like, Steph and another guy, and Draymond fills every gap. Like, that's a monster team. I agree. All right. Um, we got a I, lot of questions, so I just want, I just want to have you go through them. That, that's why. <laughs> okay. No, no, I agree with you. Um, okay. Uh, from Luke at so far, Luke, would Steph get more credit around the league if he wasn't as humble or has he disrupted LeBron's legacy too much that he has always be the media's guy that they love to hate? This one's I, for you. 
I think the humbleness is off-putting to people that like their superstars a certain way, right? I, I think that I think that rings true in basketball more than any other sport, right? I, I think people like seeing basketball players as as this type of person that's cocky or, or or whatever it is, right? That's basketball. I think it's less so actually in football. Um, I also think that Steph is just different. I mean, literally on the basketball court the way he plays, and then just the way he is as a person. He's different from all the other basketball players. So, but I think what's the most important here is that he just beat out a lot of people in his rise. Beat out Chris Paul. I'm not even talking about LeBron. Beat out Chris Paul. Russell Westbrook. Exactly. Russell Westbrook. James Harden. Like a lot of these guys that if you were thinking of traditional basketball players that were going to be like – Hard like Chris Paul is always anointed as the next one. Russell was awesome with OKC. James Harden, right, anointed as another guy when he left. Not a, they don't hold a candle to Steph Curry, and I think that's probably where the resentment comes in. And I don't know, man. Like it, it is interesting though, Sam. Like hear your thoughts. Like it takes for him to do this on a 500 team to get like that type of credit. I don't know. Like it's cool, but I don't know. Those guys can fuck off. <laughs> we don't want you. We don't need you here. <laughs> We don't need you here. That's that's kind of our prevailing sentiment right now. There's a lot of good questions here. All right, I want to go from at DubNation510. Realistically, what do you think it takes for Curry to be the MVP? Seven seed, question mark? You take that one. That's a good one. Hmm. I think if he gets to six, it's probably his. And I don't know that it should be, but like, yeah, I think getting into that range will start doing it. Like, we've had such a banged-up year. I still think it's Jokic's to lose. Jokic has been the only consistent superstar to, like, literally not miss a game. It's amazing for a dude who everyone criticizes about his athleticism. He's always in the lineup. Never gets hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, but I think Steph is he's going to be on the final ballot, and I think that's what matters here. Um, and beyond the award ask around the league would you rather play the Jokic or Steph a lot of players would like to play the Jokic but they would rather play Steph yeah I mean that's shit playing with Jokic seems pretty cool too but yeah it is pretty cool he's good Warriors at 500 four games behind Portland Portland who's kind of falling apart a little bit uh just 13 games left to go though that that's probably a it's probably not enough it was an 82 game season maybe maybe but um, yeah, I, and, and the other thing I want to say is, by the way, the sixth seed, I think, is where Russ was at, right, to win the MVP. Correct. I don't know if I care. Like, watching this I game, agree with you. I, like, right? he, he's yeah. proven his point. He doesn't – I don't need media validation to know how Steph is anymore. That award is more for, like, six years from now when Steph retires. Like, oh, he had three MVPs. Three instead of two. Yeah. Exactly. It's like that. But right now, it doesn't matter, in my opinion. He's MVP. Caliber, regardless. I agree with you. Okay, from Sira, Sirsa twenty three. Um, w- this is why you go all in on Steph is the best player in the world. Do you, what do you consider good season next year? What do I cons? Oh, Western Conference Finals competing. I mean, yeah, you gotta compete for a championship next season. What? Yeah, if we're talking about a first round team next season, I mean, maybe they end up playing an amazing Lakers team and losing the first round. Sure, but. They better be contending for the Western Conference Finals next season. Absolutely. There's no other way to put it. No excuses. 
Steph is too good. If you do not put a roster that can compete for a title around him going into next year, you have failed at your job. If you're running back a roster like this next year, I hope Steph walks. Like, I mean, I don't actually hope he walks. Let's be real. But like, yeah, that's the job. The hardest thing in the world is to get a player of Steph's caliber. You have him. He's in his prime. He's as good as anyone in the league. Do everything you can to make yourself a real contender next year, even if it means mortgaging your future. And James, James Wiseman's highest ceiling is not Steph Curry. Honestly, Cade Cunningham's highest ceiling is probably not Steph Curry. No, I mean, Steph was drafted in 2009. <laughs> By the way, same draft as James Harden. Kind of funny because that's a pretty good draft. You get two players that caliber in one draft. Doesn't happen. Who has been drafted since Steph and I guess Harden? Who even challenges them? You got, you got, I'm just going to run down names for you. Kawhi Leonard in 2011 but even his career like he won but even his career like harden's been consistently better i would say but yeah he's probably better Steph's than harden. Been, Steph's, Steph's been better better than, better than how quiet Giannis sure as a 15 also by the both those guys are 15 picks so let's let's be real about these top picks wow luka Doncic was a number three pick you could at least make a case that luka has a chance to be sure long time special i mean sure. i don't think anyone else who's been drafted in that period really holds a candle Embiid, maybe maybe carl anthony yeah. towns and ben simmons yeah, no, yeah, not, yeah. not not even like not even yeah. in the conversation my point is kate cunningham could have an amazing career he could be ben simmons 2.0 that's not steph curry no just he not. needs to be ben simmons 10.0 like he yeah. <laughs> like to, to, like it's not happening so i agree with you man like I mean, we, we we both love jalen suggs Jalen Suggs is going to be a really good player in the NBA. There's so many levels between what I think he's going to be and what <laughs> Steph Curry is. Like, that's what it really comes down to. It's like, I, I, this would never be a conversation if you had like LeBron James be like, oh, but Cade looks really good. He can't trade the. No. It, when you have a player of this caliber, you live with what happens at the back end of it because, like, it, you just you don't get this many shots at having a player this good. You've, you've been a Warriors fan your whole life than anyone who touches Steph. You know, like we thought Baron was pretty cool and he was, but like, it's, it's not this man. Yeah, no, no. I The Kobe comp, I think I am enjoying more and more by the day because the Lakers, I mean, at the end of Kobe's career, they just, they just did whatever they needed to just keep Kobe there. And maybe it looked ugly at the end, but you know what? You just remember the titles, man. Like, you don't, the end is the end. The end is what it is, right? The end, it just, it's going to happen. Who cares? You, are you going to, are you going to be happy that like he wanted to leave when he was 35 or are you going to be okay with the fact that 38, he has a garbage team around him and you're not doing anything, but you went for it for four years. Yep. hundred percent. You get one and it's worth it. You get two even better, right? Like that, that's, and this team is good enough in my opinion. Even with Clay playing 20 minutes a game next season to contend for that title. So mm, just, they, need a, they need another player. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They need to trade. They oh, need you, to get you, that you, other you player. Are, yeah, they're, yep. they're close. They're, yep. one, they're one big move away, I, in my opinion. I agree. That's, that's, I agree. What, that's what we're getting at. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. Too. Yep. Um, okay, from Todd Foley at Tar, Todd R. Foley. Knowing what we know about Steph being MVP Steph for a few weeks at a time, did Bob make a mistake drafting for the future with Big Jim over Halliburton or Ball, who are both high IQ guys and system fits now? You know, I don't know if LaMelo was the high IQ. I don't know if people were thinking he was like, 
like people are saying about Mac Jones pro ready. Like, I, you know, he's a great passer. I think there was some of that there, but I don't know if I think there's a little if, bit. If anyone knew Melo could shoot like this, he goes number one and the Warriors never have a shot at touching him. Yeah, I, I, think, I think everyone that, knew he could pass. Yeah, I, I think the Halliburton question, Sam, is probably better. Like the trade back and get a player that you kind of think is ready to play now. I think that's a fair question. I, I think that's that's fair. I, I don't have a problem with them taking Big Jim, but now they're in a situation where they have to consider trade options. And I'm just curious to see what they do over the summer because if they're just going to ride, come back with Big Jim and Jonathan Kuminga and like sign Derek Rose on an MLE or something like that, like that's not getting it done. That's, you know, that's like marginally better than what you have right now. You know? What I what I would have liked them to do, and maybe what I want to know because I don't know, is whether they had consulted or thought about what Steve Kerr would do with Big Jim and, and, and how he wanted to coach him, whether that be right or wrong, because they should have known that if they had known if Steve Kerr would utilize Big Jim this way, would it be worth it to, to draft Wiseman? And I, I don't know if they I don't know if they thought of that. If they did, what, what were they thinking of? Right. But again, those are those are sad questions. Let's move on. It's a good night. Next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think also the last thing I want to say, like, I know people don't like the asset thing, but like they took Big Jim because they thought he had the highest upside. Ultimately, if he still has the highest upside, that means, um, you know, there, there's value there to be had, even if he looks a little farther away than we thought. Um, okay, I want to go to this one from John underscore green EC3. Do you think Kelly Oubre may have changed his mind about coming off the bench because he did so this game? Kerr was adamant about not changing the starting lineup. I'd have thought about this, Sam. I think that they're saying, screw it. We're going to, this is the perfect moment to bring him off the bench. We're going to see if it works. We don't care if he likes it or not because he's not going to be on the team next season. And maybe if it works out, maybe he'll want to come back. I think they're just going to say, we're just screwed. We're just going to experiment with this team because I think they were playing him because of his contract. And now they're just going to say, fuck it. I don't know. Just a theory. I agree with you. I think Ubre's best role, by the way, is a six man anyway. Um, and, you know, we can talk about Ubre. Like he has his shortcomings, like mainly passing the ball. Like he doesn't do it. Um, but I'm with you. I think it's just kind of like, let's, let's see what happens. One last thing on Ubre. He wants he wants the big contract. He may or may not get it. I can't blame the guy for wanting the contract, though. You know, like that's just kind of part of it. It's kind of one of those things where the Warriors have to be like at the end of the season, like, hey, we're willing to match that contract. You have a better chance to win here. If you don't want to win, if you want to just go somewhere and get your stats, pull a Jeremy Grant, you can do that. But if you want to win and get the same money, we're willing to save you, you know, that type of thing. I did enjoy his game a little bit tonight, so I don't know. I, I don't know if it was great or anything, but I, don't know. I wouldn't mind Uber back. He's fun. Yeah, like we said on the last pod, if you had a chance to check it out with Ethan Strauss, uh, you know, subscriber at five stars. The issue is not Ubre. It's the fact that like eight players on this team are wired that same way. You know, like it, it's like you can use a guy or two on your team like that. You don't want like the whole lineup to be guys who are like, I got the ball head down. You know, that type oh my, of thing. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I, Bazemore, uh, even Wiggins, <laughs> Wiseman, they all are. Um, let's just say if they, if any of them hit three assists in a game, it's like 10 assists for a normal player. Uh, Damian Lee tonight was funny. Uh, these guys, I, I think at this point, you know, you, you know what you're going to get with these guys, right? Like they're just, they're just, they're, they are who they are. 
you know, and, and I think I can't really get mad at that anymore. Just have them figure it out. All right. Um, one last question here, and then we'll get out of here right now. Okay. With, um, from at Cal's, uh, SJED, uh, with the Minnesota pick our own first round pick and Jessup coming next year, wouldn't it be the same scenario, but even worse than this season with how we're towing the line between development and winning, we need to trade the picks or else we're wasting another of Steph's years. If that's fair, right? It's kind of I think a fair we've already, I think we've already said that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fair. He he did think he did say something that I didn't think of though, Sam. I forgot the Warriors are gonna have a nice pick too. They are. They're gonna have a nice pick somewhere between like 12 and 16, probably about 13 or 14. Next Kawhi. Yeah, next Giannis. Next Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right, we're gonna be out of here now. Um, we will figure out a solution for after the Wizards game. But at this point, the way Steph is playing, every game is must-see TV. So subscribe, subscribe, rate five stars, and keep up for it because we're going to be back.